Okay, Parshas Vayigash has 106 psukim. Hundred and six Psukim. And it's one of the most, I think, one of the most emotionally poignant and moving parshios of the Torah, if you can say such a thing. Gashi love Yehuda, Yehuda steps up and he defends Binyamin. And the Midrashim say that he's ready to fight against Yosef if necessary. And then of course Yosef reveals himself and the brothers are overwhelmed with uh, shock and fear. And Yosef tries to be Mechazik them, like we learned yesterday. He offers words of comfort. Okay. So one of the things that Yosef says to them when he first reveals himself to his brothers, he tells them to uh, to pay close attention. I recognize the fact that it is I who is speaking directly to you. What does that mean I'm speaking to you? Right, so Rashi says, first of all, recognize that I'm your brother. Right? Recognize Shani Moel Mahul Kachem, I'm circumcised like you. And more than that, Rashi says, Balashon Kodesh, I'm speaking Hebrew. So come on, recognize me already, right? Look, be witness, as Binyamin is witness as well. Realize that I'm speaking to you in Lashna Kodesh. I'm circumcised. It's me. It's your brother Yosef. He's trying to, again, continue to remind them that it's really, it's really me. Again, already eight psukim earlier, he already revealed himself and said, "I'm Yosef." Is Avichai, and Yosef Avichai, and he already saw that they were nervous, and he said, "Geshuna Gashu. He already tried to call them close one time. He already showed Rashi told us already in Pasuk Dalid that he showed him that he's mahol that he's circumcised. But again, he says, come, look, see, it's really me. It's really me, Yosef. So let's focus on what the Medrash, again, the Rashi is based upon here. Ki pi hamadaber eleichem b'lashon ha-kodesh. Okay, everyone see it on page Sinpei Gimon, the left-hand column. The Medrash says, Sham b'medrash, ki pi hamadaber eleichem. Recognize that it's my mouth, I'm speaking directly to you. Ki pi hamadaber eleichem b'lashon ha-kodesh. So says our Rebbe, Lo yadati me'ayin shaftuzah. How did Chazal know from the fact that it says, I'm speaking to you directly? Now, the simple shot is that until now there's been a maturgaman, there's been someone in between. Right, that was all part of the act. And now Yosef is talking to them directly, so talking to them directly probably in their language, in Lashon HaKodesh. But how is that hinted to in these words? Ki pi hamidaber aleichem. How did Chazal know that Yosef was speaking to them in Lashon HaKodesh? And if that's really what's happening here, right? If that's, if that's the Pshat, so then, so then why doesn't it say that? Why doesn't it say, why doesn't Yosef say that I'm speaking to you in Lashon HaKodesh? That's not what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, using the translation I have open in front of me, Indeed, you are actually witnessing, and my brother Binyamin is witnessing my honor, and that it is I who is speaking directly to you. In other words, he's trying to tell them, don't be afraid. I'm talking to you directly. You want to tell me that they're speaking a language that they understand? So it could have said that more in a more uh, revealed fashion. So it must be that Chazal were bothered by the following. What was bothering Chazal were... Well, Chazal were questioning 
the Havi Leila Meimar, the Pasuk should have said, Kipi Midaber Eleichem. Kipi Midaber Eleichem, that my mouth is speaking directly to you. Mahu Pi Ha Midaber Eleichem. What does it mean, Pi Ha Midaber, with a Hey Hayidiyah? So he explains so beautifully. Achav, you'll get a beautiful appreciation for the gift of Lashon Kodesh, which is Chaval, that we don't speak it all the time, that we don't speak it better. I'm sure some of us speak it better than others. But to realize what Lashon Kodesh really is, the essence of all language. We know that there are four levels of reality in the world. Domeim, Tzomeach, Chai, and Medaber, we refer to them as domain, inanimate objects, rocks and the like, tzomeach, plant life, flowers, trees, chai, living creatures that don't have genuine communication, like animals, and midaber, and then people, people who can speak. The essence of a human being is our ability to communicate, to speak, and that's why we call human beings the category of midaber, those who can speak. The lowest level, the one that is most shafel, the one that is most lowly, is the domim, the inanimate object that doesn't have growth, it doesn't have tenua, it doesn't have movement. movement. A little bit higher up the chain is the tzomeach, the plants. While a plant can grow, while a plant can change, it doesn't really have a spirit of life in it. It is alive, but not alive like those creatures that are truly alive and have the ability to move freely, like animals, fish, like birds. Yasser alav hachai. A level up is animals that can roam around, that can fly, that can swim. Right, much more so, much more so alive than a, a plant. And yet it doesn't have the ability to speak. And yes, sir, Allah, Biminha, Noshi, the highest category, of course, is the human being. Shuhumadaber has the ability to communicate, to speak. Incredible gift of being able to express, to share that which is in my heart. I can tell you how I'm feeling. I can communicate it in words and ideas. But says our Rebbe, but let me ask you a question. Can birds communicate? Can animals speak? The Pasuk says that Shlomo woke up and it had been a dream. The Medrash says about Shlomo HaMelech that Shlomo HaMelech had the ability to what? To hear birds communicating. He would hear a bird mitzafsef, he would hear a bird chirping, and he knew exactly what they were talking about. Right? There are tzaddikim who understand the language of animals. There are also people who are not tzaddikim who just study animal communication. Right? There's whole books that have been written about this topic. So animals also have a means of communication. Furthermore, we find by Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. The Gemara in Sukkah tells us about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was such a tzaddik and such a person of great wisdom, that he understood the conversations of birds and the conversations of palm trees. He understood what the branches were saying 
when the leaves were rustling. He understood what was being said. And this is not just from the times of the Gemara, the Tanayim. We find even closer to our times, And we know that there are tzaddikim who understand. Rabbi Nachman was once walking with someone in Sichas Haran, and he says, if you could hear the song, the tefilos that are being sung by every blade of grass, right? if, only we could, if only everyone could hear the tmimus of the, the prayers of a single blade of grass. I mean, Nachman wasn't saying it theoretically. He was hearing it. He, he could hear it. So there are tzaddikim who understand what the trees are saying, what the birds are saying. Upuk chazei pirkei hashira kolbalei hashir yotzim bashir. He says, go study Parak Shira, which talks about how all the different animals, different parts of the Bria are singing the songs of creation. Everything is singing to Hashem. Most of us don't have the ears to hear it. But the question then becomes, so why do we have a category called what? Called Chai and a separate category called Medaber. I mean, just because our language perhaps is more evolved doesn't mean that there's no language when it comes to animals, when it comes even to the trees and the grasses, the, plow- the flowers and the plants. So they do have Dibor. The Emes, they have Dibor. And therefore asks our Rebbe, So why are human beings called Medaber? For a person who knows about how dolphins communicate, they certainly have a very detailed form of communication. And if you'll tell me, well... It doesn't sound like a person who's speaking English or French or Yiddish or whatever other language. It just sounds, they're just chirping. And that's why most people can't pick up on the language. The same thing is true about people. If you don't speak Chinese, it also just sounds like sounds. Right? That's, not a, that's not a good explanation. To say, well, it's just, it's, you know, the birds are making these strange these strange sounds. I don't know. To the person who doesn't speak the African clucking language, you know, you, don't, you also don't know what's being said. Right? Chinese also sounds like funny sounds, and so does French if you don't speak it. But it sounds more like a language than, than the rustling of the leaves. Again, to someone who doesn't know what's being said, you don't know. <laughs> to someone who does know what's being said, you do know. Anyone who doesn't speak that, that, that means of communication doesn't know what's being said. So in what way is a person called a medaber? It's a very good question. So says the Rebbe in the bottom paragraph, Aval, Tizbonin hadavar, olam nivra Hebrew is the root of all language. Hashem created the world with the osios of the Aleph base. Bereish is bar alokim, es hashamayim, the es haaretz. Es is Aleph to tough, like the Magad of Mezir said. Shemayim was created with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph to Tav. And the Aretz was created with the Hebrew letters, Aleph to Tav. Everything's essence is expressed in Lashon HaKodesh. That's why no one really cares what your legal name is. We care what your Jewish name is, because that's your essence. That's your Neshama. That, that's where you draw your Chiyos from. To be able to, to name a child is one of the biggest things in the world. That a parent picks a name for a child. It's a really, it's a really big thing. And to be able to identify that child's Hashem, the kid hasn't done anything yet, right? But parents are given a degree of Ruach HaKodesh to identify what name in Lashon HaKodesh this person is called by. When Adam was naming all of the animals, right? He was naming them in Lashon HaKodesh. He was giving them an essential name. 
So therefore, everything that exists in the world, its true name is only expressed in Lashon HaKodesh. Table doesn't mean anything. Shulchan means something. There's a big difference. What do you mean? Shulchan is just uh, the Hebrew word for table. Right? But there's a big difference between Shulchan, which expresses somehow the essence of that thing, versus table, which is just a word that, was been, that has been selected as a, as a means of, uh, of expression. It's not essential. Shumo ha'amiti hu b'lashon ha'kodesh v'shar ha'lashonos heimrak l'simen. But says our Rebbe, as we turn the page, other languages are merely arbitrary. It's just a sign, it's an indicator. It's, not, it's non-essential. Top of page, Shin Pei Dalet. Lamashal. For example, Hamachal hanasa michitim, that food substance that's made from wheat, Nikra Balashana Kodesh, Lechem. Vuhu Shemoha Miti. Lechem tells you a lot about the essence of what you're eating. The relationship between the word lechem and milchama is significant. The fact that lechem is three times Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke, and when you dip it into melach, which has the same letter as salt, and that's why you're supposed to dip it three times, right? it's all, it's, that's essential. That's, that's defining somehow the essence of this food. Uvishar Lashonos, but in other languages, when I speak about that same food substance made of wheat, we call it by a nickname. We call it bread. Right? We call it bread. That's not its real name. That's not its, its real name. is Lechem. If you want to understand the essence of it, you have to study the word Lechem. Right? is not going to tell you the essence. Bread is not going to tell you the essence. Lechem reveals the essence of what it is to engage in eating bread, eating Lechem. It's just an arbitrary term that people have agreed upon as a means of identifying that particular thing. It's a simon. This is a code word for what's essentially called lechem. Ah, so now, so listen carefully. So the question really becomes the answer. You'll tell me that why is English different than the chirping of a bird? The answer is it's not. It's also the chirping of a bird. Right? The sounds that birds make is no different than Charlashonos, where again, it might sound, speaking English, it might sound like more of a language than the rustling of the leaves that only a Rabbi Yochanan and Zake or Tzadikim could interpret. Okay, it's a harder language to learn than maybe English or French or German. Right? But it's also arbitrary. And therefore, anyone who understands the, the chirping, whether the chirping is actual bird language or someone speaking English, you're, not, you're, still, not, you're still not speaking in a, in a way that captures the essence of that thing. So the Rebbe says an amazing thing. If we talk about the four elements of creation, or the four levels of existence, right? so you have inanimate objects, you have plant life, you have animal life, and then you have what? You have Medaber. But Medaber, true Dibor, is only what? 
is only if you're speaking Lashon HaKodesh. Everything else is what? Everything else is still the same type of communication that exists on the level of Chai, like a bird, like a dolphin, like a tree. Havein hadavar v'todah emes. Says our Rebbe, understand this well and recognize it. And the truth is, Chavra, if you study it, if you study Lashon HaKodesh, and you see the panemius of Lashon HaKodesh, and there's a lot of good tzarim about the Hebrew alphabet and Hebrew language, I can recommend some books to you if you're interested. So, so you start to see that the essence, yes, the essence of all language, right? true language is only expressed in Lashon HaKodesh. So now, says our Rebbe, such a creative art. Look what he says. Now we understand what Yosef was saying to his brothers. Yosef says, Your eyes see, That this is the mouth of, not just that my mouth is speaking to you. That was the Rebbe's question. Why doesn't it say, No, no, no. I'm speaking to you, right? The language of Medaber. Ah, the language of Medaber, says Rashi, he must have been speaking Lashon HaKodesh. Because the only, the only language that's truly a Dibor, Ratzolomer, Sheyeshli Peh HaMedaber. I'm not communicating with you like an animal, which is also a lower level of communication, but rather this is a Peh HaMedaber. Ka'ani Medaber Lachem Belashon HaKodesh. And that is, Vuhu Peh HaMedaber. That's, the, that's real Dibor. Speaking Hebrew. But speaking any other language, right? it may be a more elevated form of an animalistic language, but in a certain sense, compared to true language, compared to Lashon HaKodesh, it's like talking uh, an animal, an animal uh, form of communication. Understand this well. Right? And, and fall in love with the words of Chazal, which is filled with deep lessons and deep secrets. There's nothing hidden from them. Yeah? Well, so are we when we speak English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least we're right. Which is why you can only really draw chiyos, right? Real chiyos, again, real, real substantive living right? comes, from, comes from speaking Torah. What's that Gemara in, uh, what's the Gemara? <laughs> what's that Gemara in Erev and Dunhei? About, uh, oh, Chaim, yeah, on the puzzle, Chaim, Chaim, Chaim Heim Lamotz Ahem. Chaim Heim Lamotz Ahem. That's what it is. Chaim Heim Lamotz Ahem, the puzzle says, that it gives life to those who, who find it, who encounter it. The Gemara makes a drasha. Chaim Heim Torah gives life to those who what? Who bring it out with their speech. Because again, if you want to have real human living, as opposed to just, you know, nefesh Bahamas living, animalistic living, which I'm not, we're not saying it in the negative. We're saying that just as a lower level of existence. If you want to have essential living, a Jew has to communicate in the language of God, which is Lashon HaKodesh. It's a Gemara in... Uh, I think it's Erevin Nunhei, but let's take a look. I'll pull it up. Why should we guess? I'm happy. You're holding me accountable. It's good. Let's look it up. Kamara says in the Pasuk Chaim Haim, let's see, should be easy enough to find. Erevin Nundalit. Erevin 54. Kamara says, Amr le Shmuel le Rav Yehuda. 
Shinana, sharp one. Pesach Pumach Kri, open your mouth and read. Pesach Pumach Tini, open your mouth and teach. Learn Mishnah. Ki hechidetiskayim bach v'soyrich chayai, so that you should live and that your Torah should endure. Shinah Mark, as the Pasuk says, Ki chayim heim limotz ehem, u'lechol b'sara merapeh, Pasuk says in Mishle, it's life for those who find them, and it provides l'chol b'saro for all flesh, marpe, it provides healing. Al tikri l'motz ehem, ele l'motzi ehem bapeh. Don't read it, those who find Torah, but rather those who express the words of Torah with their mouth. Eruvin nun dalet amad aleph. Chaim heim l'motz ehem. So, again, the more, the more a person... And that's why it's so important, right? Again, there's a whole discussion in Hilchos Birchas Torah about whether or not if I if I simply study Torah with my eyes and just think Torah, do I get the full schar for Lima Torah? And the answer is yes and no. We somewhat assume yes, but the Shulchan Aruch Paskins no. If you want to say Birchas Torah, you have to enunciate the words. So even if you're sitting by yourself, if your Chavrusa is reading, so then it says if you're reading, because Shomei Ka'ona. As long as the words are are being enunciated in the world, uh, you just read this whole piece of Agar Dekala, even though I did most of the speaking. But if we were just reading it with our eyes, if we were just scanning it with our eyes, that's not the full Torah experience. Bring Lashon Kodesh, bring Chiyas into the world. Bring human communication into the world. Yeah? Why isn't the Gemara Lashon Kodesh? It's a good question. That's a good question. How did we ever allow... How did we ever allow Torah Shaval Peh to descend into the lower, the lower level of Aramaic? The world of Targum. Rabbi Nachman talks about how Targum is certainly right? the reason that we have a double Mikra and a single Targum is to try to, to, you know, to overshadow the Targum. Right? With, uh, yeah, what, what would you say? That was their main language. And we could get the most out yeah, of part of it is trying to create access, for sure. Hoel Moshe Be'er Satara. Moshe translated the Torah into 70 languages because he wanted people to have access to Torah. Right. On the one hand, Chaval, that we have to study in English. And at the same time, thank you, Rabbonu Shalom, for giving us the great gift of Art Scroll. And thank you to Art Scroll for the great gift of Art Scroll because it's given people so much access. Translations in, in English, right. from Kabbalah to Hebrew. Right? French, Russian, it's an amazing thing. It's an incredible gift. So, but, but we have to remember at the same time right, that, that, uh, that essential language is Lashon HaKodesh. We have to make sure that we're staying properly connected to it, learning how to learn a safer in Hebrew, not only in English. Right? You know, sometimes a person will you know, pick up a, an English book because it's easier to read. But learn, learn how to learn, how to learn in Lashon HaKodesh, learn how to speak in Lashon HaKodesh. All right? All right, let's go on to uh, page Shinpei Vav. It's Perak Memhei Pasakei. It's right after Yosef reveals himself, Ani Yosef Odevichai, and then he tells them to draw close, like we mentioned. And then he says to them, right, Don't be, don't be tzabrachin, al teyatzvu. Don't be, don't be sad. Don't be uh, angry that you sold me to Mitzrayim. Hashem sent me ahead to provide sustenance for our family, for the world. 
So don't worry, it all worked out okay. The Rebbe notices something here that, I, I don't know, you have to like be on the lookout for it. I'm curious how often this happens. He says, This is one of five words that has a double trup. Now, if anyone has a chumish open in front of you, you can see it inside. If not, I'll just tell you what it looks like. Right? On the word te'atzvu, there's a double trup. On the word te'atzvu, the word al has no trup. And te'atzvu has a munach rivi'i. Now, usually when you have two words next to each other, you'll have a, a munach rivi'i. Right? But here, for some reason, the, the trup, both the, the both uh, symbols, right, is on the word te'atzvu. And the word al is left without any cantillation, without any notes, no trup. What does that mean? Ki al ein tam. Tam means trup. The word al has no tam, has no has no uh, notes, musical notes to enunciate it. Rakumukav al te'atzvu. It's connected, it's somehow connected to the word te'atzvu, but the word te'atzvu has train tame, has two symbols, a double trup, munach, rivii. It has a munach and rivii, which is unusual. Dine yesh lesbonein, mahu va'ata, and furthermore, in addition to trying to learn a lesson from the trup, which is always interesting, if Ilnagon does this fairly often, other tzaddikim, sometimes will extract uh, a lesson from the trup, message in the trup. It's a very interesting thing. Right, so we need to understand why the word teatsu has a double trump. And we need to understand what the va'ata. Yosef says to them, now don't be sad. Before you should have been sad. Tomorrow you should be sad. Right now we should just celebrate this reunion and tomorrow you should be depressed when you realize what you did to me. What's the va'ata? Now don't be sad. Lishlol hakodem oma'uchar. What's the va'ata coming to say? Is it coming to negate that beforehand you shouldn't have been you should have been sad? Where later, it's okay to be sad, but just now don't be sad. What's the now don't be sad? So, however, we know that the story didn't really end. As much as Yosef perhaps forgave his brothers, we know that Klal Yisrael had to answer for the ten brothers who sold Yosef in the form of the form of okay, maybe Galus Mitzrayim, but what else? The ten brothers. Right, the Asar Haruge Malchus, the ten great rabbis who died al Kiddush Hashem as a tikkun for the sale of Yosef Tzadik. Achu dihinei kulam yadu beruach hakodesh de avon mechiras Yosef Yishulam al yedei Asar Haruge Malchus. But we all know that as much as Yosef forgave them, and as much as Yosef said it was all for the best, and Yosef tried to be malamitzchos and make sense of the whole thing, but we know that unfortunately there would be 10 great rabbinic figures who we read about on Yom Kippur, who we read about on Tisha B'Av, we daven about, we daven over, we reflect on the loss of their life. As the Medrash describes what happened there, right? the Asara Haruge Malchus is somehow meant to be a tikkun for the uh, 10 brothers of Yosef who were involved in the sale. Or perhaps nine brothers plus Hashem. That's a whole discussion. Who wasn't involved in the sale? Well, Yosef wasn't involved in the sale. Binyamin wasn't involved in the sale. And Reuven tried to save Yosef. So now we're down to nine brothers. So some say that Hashem 
counts as one of the ten who was part of the part of the deal. And which of the Asar Harugay Malchus corresponds to God? Which of the ten martyrs, the ten rabbinic martyrs, who who is the tikkun for Hashem's involvement in the sale of Yosef at Tzaddik? Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, who died on the words, Shema Yisrael Hashem, Elokein Hashem Echad. That's a tikkun for Hashem's involvement in the sale of Yosef. Happens to see, we're not going to probably get to it, but the very last, uh, third to last piece. In the Agar Dekal, in this week's Parsha, he asked the question from the Orachai Makadosh, why didn't, famous question, why didn't Yosef contact his father all these years? 22 years, Yosef never wrote a letter to contact his father. Especially once the brothers showed up, those last two years where he was still messing with them. Why didn't he contact his father? Why didn't he reveal himself earlier and contact his father? And part of the answer is that there was a cheir, that the brothers made uh, a pact. Right? And Hashem himself may have been part of that pact. Right? They, they, they needed a minion to swear themselves to secrecy. And the Medrash says, the Medrash Hanachuma says, the Shekhinah was part of that pact because Reuven wasn't, wasn't around. And Yosef and Benyamin weren't a part of it. So it was nine brothers plus Hashem. And that's why it was only uh, at the end of the story right, that they were able to... could be that Yosef was also part of it. Yosef wasn't allowed to reveal. He wasn't allowed to... They were sworn, Yosef himself perhaps was sworn to secrecy. It's a whole Shiloh why Yosef didn't contact his father all these years. It's a, it's a very interesting Shiloh. But be it as it may, there, was a, there were ten brothers, and there's a Hasara Ruge Malchus, which is going to be a tikkun for that. Yeah. Where does the trap come from? Where does the trap come from is a good question. Maybe Har Sinai. Maybe Har Sinai. Maybe it's Halach Moshe Sinai. In the Torah. Why is it not written in the Torah? Because yeah. it's higher. Right? We talk about, there's the four levels, again, the Svarma Kadosh, we talk about this, the four levels are Tanta, it's called Tanta. Right? Tas stands for Ta'amim, that's Trop. Nun stands for Nekudos. Yeah? Tuf stands for Tagin, the crowns, which does make it into the Torah, the little stylistic points on top of the letters. And then Aleph are the Osios. Right? So two out of two out of four are, in, are, are written and two remain aloof. Right? We write down the letter, we write down the crowns, the tagan, the little stylistic points in the letters, but we don't have the kudos in a Sefer Torah, and we don't have trop in a Sefer Torah. But trop's the highest. Trop's the highest, Madrega. Can I get the four olamos? Trop is the highest. How do we know who's maintained the Messiah of the trop? I don't know. I don't know. Who's guarded the... Words of the Torah itself, I don't know. Yeah, Shulgav is a character, yeah. But Trump's a very holy thing. Trump's a holy thing. I once gave a shir on Trump. It's probably online somewhere if anyone's really interested in Trump. It's interesting. Give a shir on the Kudos one time also. The Kudos is also an interesting thing. Interesting things. Yeah. Trump and the Kudos are the highest. Yeah, Trump is the highest. Trump is the highest, then the Kudos. Then the crowns on top of the letters, right? That's the Gemara Rabbi Akiva. When Moshe Rabbeinu says, I don't know how to read the crowns. I don't know how to interpret the crowns. Rabbi Akiva knew how to read the crowns. And then anyone can read the letters, right? Do I have a shear on crowns? I have some shear on that touch on crowns. I never give a full shear on Tagen, no. How many what? Letters are the lowest. Letters are the lowest because you can write it down. So Trump is such a is such a, an or that it can't even be written down. I mean, we write it down in our Chumash, but in an actual Sefer Torah, 
the kedusha is, is is so lofty it can't even be it can't be brought down. There are interesting questions, by the way, in the postgim. And Shailas and Tshuva is like, what if you have a Sefer Torah? The Radbaz, I think, has a Tshuva about someone who put the kudos in the Sefer Torah. Would a possible a Sefer Torah? Would putting the kudos in a Sefer Torah possible a Sefer Torah? Okay, so that's interesting, Shaila. That's interesting, Shaila. Again, my part of not having the kudos is that it allows for different modes of interpretation. But the Trump is telling a story. We're about to see Ovart, how the Trump tells a story. Okay? So let's see. So again, we all know with Ruach HaKodesh, it's understood that what? That the sin of Mechiras Yosef had to be paid off by the Asara Harugei Malchus. And really, the brothers should have had to pay on the spot. In other words, once the brothers were busted, they should pay for their crime. Why should someone else pay for their crime? Why should ten great martyrs around the time of the Second Temple, the end of this bias Shani, why should, why should they be the ones to pay... Right for for the crimes of the Achei Yosef, Zehaya Kol Inyane Gilgule Yosef Shigilga Aleim Litzaram, and Yosef was trying and asserted when Yosef was afflicting his brothers, making them crazy for these two years. That's also their pain was also a, a, a payment. A Jew doesn't suffer for naught, right? And the brothers are are, are doing tshuva. They're doing tshuva right now. Yosef is trying Yosef is trying to what? To get the brothers to pay off their debts in a lesser way. And perhaps, again, whatever remainder will we'll, we'll save for another generation. And that's sort of what happened. But it's, it's an interesting thing to think, you know, the brothers did suffer in going through this experience of not knowing who's, who this Egyptian, uh, you know, Second in command, who's who's torturing them is, right? So they did they did suffer, and yet it wasn't sufficient to fully pay off the asara harugei malchus. Vigam shal yedei misas harugei malchus b'dorachron b'galusa basra yehei hadavar lemishmeres ulizchus legalus hagadol hachel hazeh arbias meshichenu meher biyamenu limkom as nikvas dam avadav mimalchus harashal ezo. And then our Rebbe says says the Agadakala and and realize. Like the Gemara tells us that the death of tzaddikim is mechaper, and therefore, as we enter into this longest galus, which we've been in for now close to two thousand years, and we've suffered quite a bit, you have to realize that without the death of the asara ruge malchus, we'd all be suffering that much more. The asara haruge malchus, he says, is a schos and a mishmeres to protect us in this long bitter galus to watch over us until Mashiach comes, and therefore Yosef says to his brothers, "Va'ata, right now." Right now, you don't have to worry about anything. You've paid your portion. You're paid up. Don't think I have any other surprises for you. As much as we're able to pay off this penalty right now, right, we've, paid, we've paid off the Midas Hadin right now. And therefore, is read together. Right? Don't be... Don't be sad in this red. But if you, again, if you look in the Chumash, it says, Va'ata, right now, psik, there's like a break. And then, Al Te'atzvu. What does that mean? What's it saying? What it's saying is, Aval Te'atzvu, who trained Tame, Munach Revi. But the word Te'atzvu, yes, Al Te'atzvu, right now, but the word Te'atzvu has a double trap. And what's the double trap? What is the double trap on the words Te'atzvu? 
It's a munach rivi'i. However, what does the word munach rivi'i mean? What do the words actually mean? The name of this trop symbol. Munach rivi'i. Munach rivi'i. Munach ha'avon ad golos ha'rivi'i. Right? There'll be a certain menucha, there's a certain, we'll leave this, we'll set this aside for when? For Rivi, for the fourth and final Golis. Munach Rivi. Munach Ha'avon, let's put aside this sin, we'll leave it aside. We paid a, a down payment up front, but we're not going to pay for the full damages. And then the full payment is going to be collected. And that's why it should be read, what? Te'atzvu below Te'vazal. By putting the double trup, right? By putting the double trup on the word tatsu, it almost separates the word al from it. Not to be read as al with a munach and tatsu with a revi, but the entire the entire word tatsu almost stands alone. Because we know in this fourth and final gullis, lo aleinu, a lot of Jewish blood has been spilled. And a lot of the tikkun that we're still working on is the tikkun of Yosef HaTzadik, the Bechira of Yosef HaTzadik. Vehein hein shivta yeshurin mamish, shinislab shubasar huge malchus. And this comes about again in the form of the shvatim, which in some ways were gilgulim, which are, uh, you know, embodied by the asar huge malchus. Vitira damam bepargudo yisbarach shemol linkom nikmasam her biyameinu. We hope that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will put an end to all the bloodshed and avenge the blood of uh, Klal Yisrael, the suffering that we have uh, in this long and bitter galas. Okay, so that's the Te'atzvu. The Te'atzvu is Va'ata al Te'atzvu. But Munach Revi, the time will come in the fourth and final galas when unfortunately we are going to have to pay our, uh, pay our debts. Okay. Powerful piece. Let's see, what else? All right, this is a nice one. Nice little vart. Shin Pechas. Bottom left-hand corner of Shin Pechas. This goes back to the beginning of the parsha Again, I remind you that the pieces are sometimes not in order. Yehuda steps up and he says, Please, my master, my lord, let me speak into your ears. Let me communicate with you. And don't get angry with me, your servant, Yehuda speaking humbly before Yosef. Right? For you are like Paro. What was he saying with that? So Rashi says, right, the Pashup Shad is what? That you're, I'm, I'm begging for your, for, for your permission because you're Chashuv like Paro. You're Chashuv Be'enai Kamelech. You're like a king. The Medrash says a couple other Pshatim. Rashi says, uh, one shot is that just you're like power to me, just like I'll kill power if I have to, I'll be happy to kill you if I have to. In other words, he's speaking gently on the surface, but they're, they're strong fighting words. Rashi brings quite a few opinions of what Kichamocha Kapara is, but our Rabbi has a very interesting shot. Don't get angry with me because you're like power. What does that mean? So he writes, don't get angry because you're like Paro. What is that? Why is that an explanation for why not to get angry? A very creative vart. Look what he says. Dine Paro Amar. Paro said, Is there anyone when 
Yosef interprets the dreams, and Yosef says, you know, you need to appoint someone who could who can run the uh, economy. So Power turns to his servants back in Parakmem Aleph, and he says, "Is there anyone? Wow, is there anyone on this madrega who a spirit of God is within?" As Unkelis translates, "Givar di ruach be? Is there a person who has a spirit of prophecy within him? What power is really saying to all of his servants is that, look at this guy. This guy's a prophet. This guy has communication with God. Yosef is incredible. Furthermore, Uli Yosef Amar, Ein Chacham V'Navon Kamocha. Okay, a little typo here. It's really Ein Navon V'Chacham Kamocha, but it's the same idea. There's no one as wise as you. Stop. That a person of such insight, like Yosef, doesn't exist. So in other words, what did Paro say about Yosef? He's the greatest prophet around, and he's the biggest chacham around. However, what happens when a person gets angry? You know what happens? You lose your, you lose your prophetic abilities and you lose your wisdom. That's the Gemara. The Gemara tells us in Psachim, anyone who gets angry, if you're a prophet, your prophecy leaves you. And if you're a Chacham, your wisdom leaves you. So what did Yehuda say to Yosef? Yehuda said, I know you're a big prophet, and I know that you're a big Chacham. And Paro said so. Paro said you're even a bigger Chacham and a bigger prophet than he himself, than, than Paro himself. But realize, if you get angry at me, then what? You're going to be just like Paro. You're not going to be distinguished anymore. Paro didn't know the interpretation of the dream. So you see from that, right? You're much greater than Paro. But if you get angry, then you're going to be just like Paro. You're going to lose your prophecy. And the fact that you knew this interpretation and had a, a plan to save the economy and Paro didn't know shows you're a bigger Chacham than Paro. But if you get angry, you'll lose your Chachma and you'll be just like Paro. So that's how Yehuda was trying to convince Yosef not to get angry. Realize that if you, uh, if you keep your cool, you'll be on, the, you'll be a, on a higher Madrig than Paro. But if you get angry, then you'll be just like Paro. All right. Yosef at Tzaddik, of course, is called the Tzaddik because of his Shmira Sabris. So let's learn for a second about the lofty Madrega that Yosef maintained even in Mitzrayim. On page Shin Pei Tes, the left column, the second paragraph, Vayomer Yosef Ha'od Avichai. Okay, jumping back ahead to Parak Memhei, when Yosef reveals himself, he says, Ani Yosef Ha'od Avichai. Is my father still alive? However, you'll ask a simple kasha. What do you mean, is my father still alive? First of all, we told you yes already. Second of all, Yehuda keeps saying, my dad's going to die if I don't bring back Binyamin. So you know that he's alive. What was Yosef asking? Ha'od avichai. Ha'od avichai. Someone showed me a kliyakar last night that Yosef was actually taking a, a swipe at the brothers. Kliyakar says that Yosef was saying to his brothers, he's avi, he's my father, he's not your father, based on the way you treated him. He's not your father. You can't call him your father. Yeah. Beis Halevi also has a similar shot. Beis Halevi says, right, oh, you're so concerned about Binyamin that if Binyamin is lost, what's it going to do to dad? What about, when, what about when you sold me? You aren't concerned then? 
Basil Levy says Yosef was pointing out the hypocrisy, and that's part of again what was so shocking to the brothers when they came to realize, look how look how look how distorted our, our thinking is. Look how hard we're fighting for Binyamin, and yet look how quickly we're ready to get rid of Yosef himself. That's Ani Yosef Ha'od of Ichai. Right? No, for sure. That was the beginning of their of their hakara. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so our Rebbe says, I'll tell you what the Pshat is. What does it mean, Ha'od Avichai? Lefi Pshuto Enomuvan, the Pashat Pshat makes no sense. Vichiyad Hashtalo Yadash Avichai, did he not know that his father's alive? Varei HaKol Sipru Me'aviyah, they told us everything that they're sharing is, they're recounting what our father said. Umaymer Yehuda Adheina Hayakol Me'aviv. Everything Yehuda's saying over is a direct quote from Yaakov Avinu. Chavah, you know what he was saying? He was saying, Chevra, even though you sold me to the worst place in the world, a place of such spiritual filth, spiritual impurity, such a difficult place to be what? To be the Yosef, the Heiligat Tzaddik that I was by my father's side. He says, I want you to know I became an even bigger Tzaddik here. I maintained myself, like we learned in some of the pieces last week, despite everything they tried to do to me. I maintained my faith, I maintained my Tzidkus, my purity, my holiness. Achush Amar Lahem, Ani Yosef. I'm still Yosef. I've maintained my chazaka. The same Yosef that you remember who used to sit by his father's side learning before you sold me. Right? The Yosef who loved Torah, you think now I'm some big government official, I've lost it all. Not true. Ani Yosef. I've maintained my chazaka. I've maintained my stature. My spiritual stature. And I didn't give in to the seduction of Ashes Potiphar. I didn't sink into the impurity of this immoral land. Ha'od avichai. What does he say? What's the pshat? Ha'od avichai, he says, od nikra midas yesod. The word od is a code word for the mida of yesod. Now we know, if you look at our Sirah's chart, chesed vur teferas netzachod yesod correspond to the Ushbizan. Chesed is Avram, Gvura uh, is uh, Yitzchak, the Pharisee is Yaakov, Netzach is Moshe, Hod is Aaron, Yisod is Yosef. Yisod corresponds to the Brismila. And it's called sometimes Od. Why is it called Od? Well, first of all, Od is the same gematria as Yisod. Right? He says it's part of the secret of David Melech's Pasuk, the Pasuk, Ahala Hashem Bichayai, Azamra Lelokai Baodi. If you think about the ability, the reproductive ability of a person, right? the ability to, to produce something more than yourself, the ability to use brismila properly and to bring a child into this world. Right? That's called od. It's an extension of you. Ahala Hashem v'chayai. I will praise, I will praise Hashem with my life, my life source, which of course is the, is the seed, is the zara that comes from the bris. Azamar lelokai ba'odi. And he says, the chujbana, the calculation, the numerical value of Ode is the same as Yisod. Yaakov Avinu, if we know anything about Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu was also incredibly guarded in his Shmir Sabris. When Yaakov finally fathers Ruvain and he gives him a bracha, he says, Ruvain, you're racious Oni, you're the first of my strength. Chazal say, Yaakov Avinu never lost a drop of seed in his life. The first time Zerah left his body was when he fathered Ruven with Leah. So Yosef says, 
Ha'od Avichai, that Midah of Yisod, that spiritual holiness of my father, still lives by me. Amar lahem halo atem and this is maybe part of also why he was showing him his brismila. A very strange thing. He's trying to prove that he shows him, look, I'm circumcised. He wasn't just showing that he's circumcised. He was telling them, right, that only a person, right, from the family of Yaakov, only Ela told us Yaakov, Yosef, only a Yosef, right, could maintain his, his holiness in a place like Mitzrayim. All of us would have gone off the derech of Mitzrayim. Yosef says, Ha'od avichai, this mead of my father lives on in me. Ani Yosef, look, I'm still Yosef. I want you to see me and see that this meat of Yesod lives on in me. I want you to see that I'm, I'm still truly a reflection of my father. And that's what he saw in that window scene in, with Ashes Potiphar. He saw his reflection in the window. He said, wait a minute, I'm a true reflection of my father. I don't want to damage that. I don't want to be a diminished version of my father, an imperfect Replica, I want to be I want to be a true Hemshech. I want to be a true continuation of my father's avoda in this world. So look at me, he says. Right, the Bismila is called Chai. The Bismila has the ability to produce life. Right? The Bismila, again, there's a lot more to say, sensitive things. I don't want to say everything out loud right now. But you get the idea. You get the idea. Yosef Atzadik is saying that look, look, look how the Midah of my father, the Midah of Yesod, still lives on in me. And that's why in the very next Pasuk it says what? It says that, let's look at the next piece. And they, they couldn't bear to look at Yosef. They were overwhelmed by Pana, by his face. And he explains here Kabbalistically that the facial features of a Tzadik right, reveal a lot. And people who understand how to read a face will be able to look at a person's face. Right? Tzadikim can read your face and tell you exactly what Avera is you're up to. The brothers looked at Yosef and they, they were overwhelmed by his Kedusha. They saw, wow, Taka. He maintained his Kedusha in Mitzrayim. It's not a small thing. He's a true tzaddik. And we thought he was the worst, right? We thought, like we learned yesterday, you know, Evan Maso Abonim Haisal Roshpina, right? The stone that was cast aside, in fact, is a, is a big tzaddik. Not a, not a small thing at all. Not a small thing at all. All right, let's do one last piece. We'll do one last piece. Yeah, let's do the last piece. All right, we'll do the last page, uh, last piece on the page. Vayomer Yosef Elachif, Shin Peitas, the bottom corner. Okay, again, Yosef says to his brothers, Geshu, draw close. Okay, Amru Chazal, Hera Lehem Esamila. He showed them his brismila. Uledaiti Nirmaz Devrayim Betevas Geshu. Perhaps you could say a remez hinted to in the word Geshu. Geshu means draw close, Geshu. Come close, Gematria 309. Gematria Ra'u Bihamila. Look at my Mila. See that I'm circumcised. Okay, 309. Remus. Fine. Ra'u Bihamila is Gematria Gishu. Okay. Nice Remus. Bine Lafia Pshat. Hubavadai Kamashakosav Rashi. Shira Achiv Nichlam. But the Pashat Pshat, why did he tell the brothers come close? He saw that they were Nichlam and he saw that they were terribly embarrassed. Again, with this revelation, it hit them like a ton of bricks. They were totally ashamed and they wanted to pull away. So, Karum Balashan Chiba Gishuna Eli. So, he called them in a loving fashion. Please come close. I'm not, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not going to punish you. But if he's really trying to appease them, he's trying to 
to calm them, and he's trying to comfort them. So why does he say, I am Yosef, your brother? Remember the one who you sold? Now we saw Asfas Emes yesterday. Right? That Asher is Yasher Kaychacha Shemachar Temosi. Amazing Asfas Emes. But the Pashup Shah, it's very hard to understand. If you're trying to tell them not to be afraid, well, why are you reminding them? Why are you slapping them in the face? Kotsim Humatil means like you're, you're injecting them with, with thorns. You're poking them at the same time that you're comforting them. What's the Pshat? He was speaking words that what? That were meant to give them peace of mind. Turning the page. Yosef says, I want to highlight the fact that Ani Yosef, I'm Yosef, Achichem, your brother who you sold. And he's saying to his brothers, I want you to think about the absurdity of that. It's, it's insane what you did to me. And the brothers are like, yeah, we don't, we don't understand. How, did, how on earth did we do that? And Yosef is saying, there's only one explanation for this. It must be part of Hashem's master plan. There's no way you could be so blinded to the truth of who I am to such a degree that you would do this to me if not for the Yad Hashem. He's saying, I'm your brother and you sold me. He wants them to, to, to recognize that that's, that's ludicrous. And Yosef saying, it is. And that's why I don't want you to beat yourself up over it so much. Hashem clearly caused you to, to do this, right? But Derech HaTevet makes no sense. There's no, it doesn't make any sense that you would do such a thing. It must be part of a divine plan. Because I'm Yosef, your brother. And the fact that I'm not angry at you is a proof right, that, that, that I, there's a level of hakari, a recognition, that I still feel a sense of brotherhood towards you. Right? How could I still like you? And how could you have done this to me? It must be. How did you have such an extreme hatred towards me? To sell me of all places to Mitzrayim? Maybe you could have had a little Rachmanus and got rid of me in a different way? To send me to Mitzrayim, a place where the Medrash tells us no servant who was ever sold to Mitzrayim ever escaped from Mitzrayim? Such a stranglehold on people there. And, and you did that intentionally. They knew. The Pasuk says, you knew where I was going to end up. Don't say, oh, well, we didn't realize it was going to be so bad. You knew exactly what it was. And you still did this to me? How could that be? It's such a wicked hatred. A small person wouldn't, wouldn't be so cruel even to a stranger. Let alone tzaddikim like yourselves to sell your own brother. To your beloved brother, your contemporary who you love, who loves you. And therefore Yosef says to them, Don't be so broken over it. There's no, there's no rational explanation for how things descended to such a level. You were not, it doesn't make sense. It's not fitting for you to have done such a thing. Hashem Yisbarach obviously orchestrated this. And Hashem sends a, a merit to one who's meritorious. 
And if something good is going to come from this, so realize you had this chus to sell me a little bit. Like the Svasemis that we learned yesterday, right? What is chus? That you were zeichet to, to sell me to Mitzvah. I'm not angry at you at all. Again, incredible, incredible amura, bitacho, and tzirkus of, uh, of Yosef Atzadik. Yes, I see that you're very disturbed. Isn't it sort of like um, corrupt the chiva process and, and like our accountability for like the night the Yosef talking about it? Then your brother could say, "Oh, it wasn't our fault. We were not accountable for our actions or about what." It seems like a little. I it's nice, but I think this process is better. It's not like the saying, like, "Okay, you guys up, you did it. You're part of the plan." But I think saying here that. Right, it's the, it's again that that's part of that question of that Ramban we looked at yesterday, right? It's, it's very hard to so if Hashem is going to direct all of history, so where's where's the shtatlis? Where's my human where's my human effort? Where's my accountability? Right? You're asking it from an accountability standpoint. Where's where's Anavera and where's Chuva? That's a good question. On a certain level, none of this is how we're supposed to look at it, right? We're supposed to see it through our, our human lens, through our human perspective. At the same time, Yosef is reminding them of an of a incredibly deep truth, which is Hashem knows what he's doing. And sometimes, again, sometimes in life we make mistakes. And again, I'm not, I have to be very careful. These are dangerous Torah ideas if we misuse them. But sometimes we look back at certain things that we've done in our own lives Right? or didn't do in our own lives, and we're like, how did I not do that? How did I? It's so glaringly obvious when I get to a certain you know, vantage point where I'm able to look back and reflect, how on earth did I ever allow myself to do that? How did, how did I become this? Right? And sometimes the answer is, and again, it's not without responsibility or accountability, but sometimes the answer is there's, there's a divine plan. There's something that led me to this place, and now in the moment I have to choose, choose better. And I have to go from here. Right? I think that's what Yosef is saying. Right now, don't reflect on what happened in the past. There, there was a reason why things happened. And now we go weiter. Now we try to rebuild. It's, uh, it's a delicate idea. It's a very delicate idea. Yeah.